Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. It's the Late Show with Francie Weatherman. This morning, looking for my shoes, looked behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lordy, tell me how long. Lordy, tell me how long. Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate?
everyone. Welcome to a, another exciting episode here on Frontier Friends. Here on Wednesday because it's it's been great. Tom, think about it. How long has it been since we had that as the opening song? We were doing Christmas. We were doing New Year's Eve. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's like kind of like Willie Nelson is like an old friend, you know. And now he's back. So, yeah. So, uh, welcome to this great episode here on Francie and Friends. Because I'm, I'm, I love this guy. I'm sorry. I love this guy. He's one, he's one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, tonight, we got Fred Weehy on the show. Author. Weehy. Yeah. Hey. I'm raising the roof and nobody else is. Fred Weehy's on tonight. So really excited about that. A couple show announcements. Fred, I see that you are on the switchboard right now. We will be picking up on you. We just got to make a couple of show announcements. Uh, let's hear this Sunday night, uh, Corey Rockbottom Davis will be here. Uh, by popular demand, you guys put him on the spot and you said, nope, <laughs> book him January 9th. So he's coming back. Wee! Cool. <laughs> All right. And then January 16th, we're going to figure out what we're going to do there. Uh, and let's see here. January the 23rd, Tommy Habib, creator and host of the very popular TV show, Cheaters. Um, he's also done some SPCA um Things with Betty White, who, bless her, uh, she recently passed away. So we're going to be talking to Tom Hapey, who's now doing a show called uh, Rescue, where he actually goes in and he rescues animals that are being abused, and he gets them rehabilitated and puts them in great homes. So great thing that Tommy Habib is doing. And I do believe January the 30th we will have... Another Black Fed Sheet books author, Jeff Carroll. We're talking about that. He's got the flu. What is going on with all you guys? Like, everybody's sick. You got bronchitis, Tom, which, Tom, yep. I, I got to tell you, you're, you're sticking it out. Go ahead. Say hi, Tom. Hi. <laughs> He's got bronchitis. Uh, William decided to take a little road trip to help his aunt, and he came back with the cold. So I don't think we're going to get William. But who cares? We got we got you, Tom. We got you, Tom. We also got Nicholas Grabowski, Black Fetchy Book CEO and creator. Yep, yep. Here I am. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. So what exciting adventures do you have with uh, Black Fetchy Books at home? Well, there's many exciting adventures um, all over the world in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's just a, kind of a little personal joke because um, I'm here uh, at Black Betsy Book Studios, um, which is our, our home. And technically, it's in the garage, so I'm here like 24/7. I never go anywhere. So, um, and uh, I've been working on a lot of stuff, 
and uh, with Black Bedsheet Books, we've got a lot of stuff going on. We've been um, throughout the holidays, cool. too. We've got releases, uh, recent releases, as well as new and upcoming releases, and stuff that just came out like a couple of days ago. So, you know, speaking of Fred Weehy and him being on the show tonight, um, we came out with... Fright House, which he came out with a little while ago, and he presented it to me, and it is a wow horror book. It's it's amazing. I republished it. His son, Ian, did an incredible cover, and we it also a have uh, released a, the hardcover of his original Holiday Madness, the original 13-story Holiday Madness, not the special edition, but the original book in a special hardcover edition. Black Bedsheet's first ever hardcover edition of anything. And uh, we're still working on the hardcover of the Vincent Price book, Joe Eisner's The Price of Fear as well. And we just recently came out with Freak on a Moped by Chuck W. Chapman, who did Family Man, our Charles Manson book. And he came out with Freak on a Moped is, is, is a wild ride. It's very entertaining. It, uh, it, it's just like a 1980s horror slasher film. Uh, it, it's very entertaining. And it's like you, you, you pick it up uh, at, at night, at around 9 o'clock, you're done with it at about 11. Um, it's, it's really fast-paced. It's everything. And also... We've got The Ragman by Terry Horns, which is based on my book, The Ragman, that I came out with through Critics' Choice Paperbacks in 1989. And uh, I, I didn't like it so much. I mean, those were the days when my Halloween 4 came out, Pray, Simperance, Pray. I was Marcina Shane, came out with a, a bunch of, like, uh, you know, um, just dime store paperback romance novels and, and self-help books and things under that name. The Ragman came from that era, and um, and I never, I always wanted to rework it. And the past few years or so, I've been, like, going through my file cabinets, taking out older stuff, and uh, kind of assigning authors to, um, to uh, or challenging them, assigning slash challenging them to, like, rework it and do your own stuff, because I don't have that much time. Um, I've got, I'm, I'm publishing other people's stuff. I'm also creating some of my own short stories to, to be compiled into a kind of like a red, wet dirt um, kind of um, collection, which I haven't really come out with anything for a while myself. Um, but uh, so, um, and we're coming out with Slasher Girl by Raina Young, an adult novel aside from her monster series, which I've published like 13 of her monster series books so far. Uh, she's fantastic. Miss Misery is her professional name as a horror hostess from the Bay Area, which is where Fred Weehy comes from, the Bay Area, too. And um, uh, let's see, oh, Tom Gade O'Lawson is uh, coming out through us with his new poetry book. He is the author of Poetry from Hell's Asylum. So um, he's coming out uh, with that soon, too. So also, on a side note, um, uh, those of you that don't know, we came out with our first book about a month and a half ago in our new classic um, uh, monster literature series of books. We uh, started with um, 
um, Kamala, uh, and uh, that is uh, probably the first, I think not probably, I think it definitely is the first English language vampire novel that ever existed back in the 1800s, and we're following that up with Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, um, and with an introduction by the great Raina Young. So um, that's a, there's a lot of stuff. We're also, I know I keep saying this, are going to announce um, brand new authors. Also, I have a lot on my plate because I'm also resurrecting um, some of our own classic books, the great, late, great Nick Casella's line of books. I'm reworking, and I'm going to put them out. He unfortunately passed away. Uh, and I still even thinking about it right now I just you know I mean so many people have been passing away that are near and dear over the years recent years especially and Nick Casella was a great writer and a great friend and so um, his wife uh, Kim um, you know she gave me permission to just do whatever I need to do with his books also the great fantastic Sue Dent um, uh, author of Never Cease and the Thirsting for Blood series. I'm reviving that also. So a lot to do. And at the end of the month, and authors of Black Bedsheet, like, you know, it's it's going to be at that time for royalty statements too. So I've got a lot on my plate, so please bear with me. Anyway, that was a big mouthful. I had a little monologue about something else, Francie, but... Um, I don't want to yeah, take too much more time. That was a big mouthful of stuff. So we got to, like, get Fred into this. Okay, yes, we are going to get Fred into it. I would like to uh, mention that uh, Tom Sawyer said, my voice is gone. I cannot even speak right now. So get well soon, Tom. Uh, William, who's out with a cold, too, uh, he he can't make it tonight. So, Nick, we're bare-boning this with uh, – with uh, Fred. That's that's cool because Fred is a great guest. But before we bring him on, I just got to say it is winter time right now. If you need some good soap, if you need to, you know, oil up that beard, which Fred, you have a beard and a mustache. This might be something you can go to. Uh, you can go to honestamish.com. Um, you, if you spend $35, you get free shipment. Also, if you Enter in the code Talking Beards. You get 15% off of their products. They are made in the USA. It is great products. Um, it, it, it's simply fantastic. I don't have a beard, but they got great soaps, which smells. I do, fantastic. and fancy. As I said on your your last show, you you still do have that little bit of peach fuzz there. A little bit of peach peach fuzz. You know, I actually so look in the mirror to look for my peak fuzz. Just slap I, it all I, over your face. Okay. I will. I mean, I, every time I walk into my bathroom, I say those products. And it was really fantastic of him to, like, send them to us for Christmas. They're yeah, very unique. Yeah, that was Aaron B. Johnson. And yeah, very, I opened very, up the mailbox. I mean, cause... you can't buy those. Uh, you can't just walk into, like, uh, a store down the street and just um, and just pick them up. There's all kinds of stuff there at the store, but nothing really compares to this. I'm very, very impressed. And I've got a little, yeah, you know, I've always had a goatee for a long time. It's but it's all like natural. Dizzy is, is stuff. 
Yeah, it's, it's I can't 100% believe I'm actually advertising natural. stuff on your show, but this well, is great stuff, though. He was so good to send that to us. He's a great yes. guest, too, on your show. Yes, Aaron D. Johnston, uh, a fantastic guy, awesome guy, and he he messaged me. He's like, what's your address? And I gave it to him, and then he, uh, he messaged me another time. He's like, did your package get there? And then the next day it was there. I opened up the mailbox, and... The smell hit me, and I was like, whoa, what is this? So, yeah, it's 100% natural. I I don't use the beard stuff, but I do use the hand salve. It's really great this time of year because your hands get dry, and I always get dry hands. So, anyways, uh, thank you, Aaron D. Johnston. Thank you, Honest Amish. They're great products, and we 100% Groovy. believe in Groovy. Are we ready? Are we ready for the man of the hour? Nick. Yep. I think okay. we are. <laughs> All right, hold on. Where where is there, he? There. It, it, there he is. Are you guys are you guys ready for me? I, I Oh there you are. Yeah. Can you can you hear yes. me okay? Yes, one hundred percent. We can hear you fine. Okay, yeah, I got you on a speakerphone, so Oh, you're perfect. You're not even echoing, so this is great. Well, it's a landline, so that's why. Oh, okay, yeah, these stupid cell phones. You know, something nobody uses anymore. Oh, I I use it all the time. You know, only only old people. I have one uh, in my hand right now. Nick, only only old people use those now. Uh, (laughs) And mine's actually a a rotary phone, so, you know, it's really old. Oh, Did you hate it when there was a zero in the phone number? You're like, ah, crap. Yeah, I still have. I still have nightmares about rotary phones. You know, the where you a lot of younger people out there probably don't even know what the hell a rotary phone is, but you know, (laughs) you put your finger in the hole that has the number, and you have to take it all the way around to the little silver thing, and it goes back. I always had these nightmares that, you know, I'm trying to dial a number, um, an important number, making an important phone call, and my finger would keep slipping out, and the rotary would go back, and I'd have to dial again. And, you know. <laughs> and it always made that weird sound, like, you, you, oh, yeah, you right can't describe the sound, but you could hear the sound. It's kind of like AOL, you log on to AOL, and it says, Mel, you'll still remember that voice. It's like planted in your head along with the rotary phone. Yeah, yeah the yeah, rotary, rotary phone, rotary phone uh, reminds a me a lot about the uh, when, when uh, uh, back in the day during like AOL, the late 90s and stuff, you'd hear that dial tone. You'd have to actually hook it up. You can't receive phone calls because your phone, your line, line, landline is, uh, is all tied up because you're on the Internet. And you have to, like, when you go on, you have to, dang, you know, that stuff. I miss that sound. Yeah, we're, we're really showing our age. We're uh, old. So let, yeah, let's we get off that. It's making, me, it may, it's making me feel old. So let's get off that. What do you want you to talk about? You especially with your rotary phone stuff. I mean, that was yeah, even that was really, way before. That was really old. <laughs> well, I'm much older than both of you, so that's why. <laughs> No, I, I I remember I uh, we my mom we didn't have a phone in the house. That's how old I am. 
because they were a luxury item. But I do remember going to, like, friends' houses and doing that. I loved it when there was a one in the numbers. It's like, click. <laughs> uh, well, I remember party lines. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. You shared your oh line with other people. Oh, my gosh. Yes, you leave a recording. <laughs> and the party line commercials, if you're up at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, every other commercial was, like, party line. Party line. Call us. Oh, see, now you guys are talking about something totally different than what I was talking about. A party oh. line, this, this, this really shows my age. A party line is when you're sharing your phone line with other people. Oh, and yeah. they're, oh, yeah. they're yeah, on the like phone that. making a phone call. You can't make one. You have to wait. You can listen into their phone call, but you have to wait until they're done. Oh, I thought you were going to say is when you can bring. Oh, that like, was uh, you're you're probably in a multiverse. We probably that, had two that different is kind of a at first thing, because yeah. I don't remember that. You don't remember? Well, you're not as old as me. I told you that. Yeah, how can you be? I well, I mean, how, yeah. I, what are you like, eighty? You look younger <laughs> than us. Yeah, I thought you were younger than us. You I'm look, you look not, younger I'm than us. You were the, about the same age, at least. Now look at you. You're you're no. exposing your age. How old? Yeah, I, I yeah, You don't have to say. I, but I, I, I'll tell you how. Old. I'm 66 years old. I'm proud of my age. No. I did not. Yeah. Wow. You, you know the thing about you, Fred, is I, I don't think I recall. We've had a a long relationship over the years and yeah. everything. Uh, and I, you might have told me your age like back when, but I. You carry yourself like you're at least 10, 15 years younger, and I, I'm not just saying that to flatter you. That's my genuine feeling. Well, you know, yeah, honestly, I thought you were younger than me. No, no, I'm way, I'm way older. But I say it, it pays the worship Satan, uh, worship Satan. You know, <laughs> that is one of the pluses of being a devil worshiper. That, that, that I'm is, teasing that about is, that, by the way. I'm not a Satanist. Okay. okay. Uh, well, I, did, I mean, I, I did not know how to respond to that. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's bullshit. You. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, all you people out there listening, I'm not a Satanist. Don't, don't think I am. Satan worshiper yeah. or not. Not a Satan worshiper. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're a great devil. guy, wonderful talent. You know that you know horror writers have those kinds of uh, those stigma. kinds of reputations, and that yeah. stigma. Yeah, I, I don't know if I ever told you this story. I was on a uh, jury duty one time a few years back, and I had made it to the last round. And they had like they were trying to pick a jury of twelve, and they had maybe twenty five of us sitting in the, in the courtroom in these chairs, like in a long line, uh, where we were facing the prosecutor and the defense attorney. And they were going down the line and asking each person questions and then dismissing ones that they didn't want and you know, deciding on who they wanted and that. Um, and when they got to me, the prosecutor asked me uh, what I did for a living. And I said, well, so I didn't want to say I was a horror writer, so I said, I'm a novelist. And I thought he would want to go at that, but he didn't. And he goes, well, what kind of novels do you, what kind of novels do you write? And I said, uh, and then I said, well, 
I, I write horror. And the young lady sitting next to me screamed, jumped up wow. out of her chair, and ran out of the courtroom. And everybody else just sat there with these shot, shocked looks on their faces, like, what the hell just happened? Uh, I don't know if she thought I was going to murder her because she's sitting next to me or what, but... Um, and I actually got picked for that damn jury. I thought they were going to let me out of it. <laughs> and they let but her out of it, but they picked me. Yeah. So, you know, that stigma of a horror writer. Yeah. That's actually a good way to get out of jury duty. I said duty. In a way, but I, I can't – I've heard that kind of thing, not not exactly that particular type of experience, but similar ones where um, it, I can't wrap my head around perhaps you should have better said I am a writer of urban fantasy like Stephen King, and then they would go <laughs> – Oh, but it's the same thing. It's exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah, it, basic, it basically is. Urban fantasy is a nice way of saying horror. That's why when I go on book sign when I go on book signings uh, in bookstores, I try not to use the word horror when people come up and say, "Oh, what kind of novel is it?" Uh, I try not to use the word horror, or at least I try to gauge. Uh, through the conversation if they would be a horror fan or not. Um, you know, because some people are just turn, turned off by the genre of horror, but they'll read an urban fantasy. Yeah, and they'll really read something no, that's exactly the same thing, but just right, a different really word. No another right, thing I can't, get, I can't wrap my head around, though, is that Stephen King, um, he, everybody knows what kind of stuff he writes. He's but the he's greatest novelist sweetheart. of the 20th century, and and every, the whole world is familiar with him. So you know, if I can't wrap my head around, if you say you write horror, um, they, they because I, I experience it myself too because I've been a horror writer since since the 1980s, and uh, I have experienced that too. It's like. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to like attach Stephen King's name to make people understand everything I do. Right. It's yeah. like you know, I write horror, and people should be able to understand. Oh, okay, it's you know because and and uh, horror also is um, uh, often on again, depending on who does it right in movies. It's a good solid genre uh, to make money and attract people too. Oh, so it it's is. like it's always average, been, you know, average human being in a barber shop. In Hollywood. Horror movies are the biggest money maker. They yeah. are. So they you are. would think the average person that you would talk to, like at a book signing or something, or in a restaurant conversation, barber shop, whatever, oh, I write horror, they would kind of understand. Unless they're like a fundamentalist or hardcore Southern Baptist curb preacher, I was going to say creature, <laughs> preach or something, you know that uh, because I'm used to that too. Growing up in Christianity, horror, no, you know you can't, you can't write horror and be a Christian at the same time. But uh, yeah, I, but I can't wrap my head around how people, some people like do that, Fred. Um, I know. Like uh, I write horror, and they go, like the lady in the courtroom. It's just like, 
Right. They, yeah, yeah, they scream I mean, or they – I've had people at book signings pick my book up and go, oh, this sounds interesting. This looks good. What kind of book is it? Horror. And they put it down and go, I don't read horror. But you just said that it sounded interesting to you. Uh, so, so I would describe Fright House as either paranormal or supernatural fiction. Awesome. Hey. Yes. Um, and it is horror. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, but you yes, know. yes, it is. It's it's uh, it's a ghost. Uh, it's a ghost story. In my opinion, it it's a it's it's like uh, you. It, there's elements of poltergeist in that story. Um, you know, I had a and, reviewer uh, when it first came out uh, compare it to Poltergeist, Insidious, and The Haunting of Hill House. Oh wow! So I thought that was a I yep. thought that was a pretty damn good review. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just you those three uh, uh, movies. Yeah, it is pretty much like that. Um, a lot. Uh, and so when I was uh, going through it, I, I was pretty amazed at how, and you wrote it like about, what was it, like 10, over 10 plus years ago? Uh, let's see, I think it originally came out, well, let's see, I had my accident in 2013. I think it originally came out around 2015 or 16, uh, was out for a few years. It's been out of print maybe two years or two and a half, something like that. Um, uh-huh. It was a really, it was a really good seller. Um, uh, as, you know, I sold a lot of books and sold, especially at book signings. It's really, really big with young adult readers, um, and got a, real, a lot of good reviews. Unfortunately, the publisher that had published it went out of business. I won't name them; they're no longer around anyway. Um, and the rights reverted back to me, and I just kind of held on to it, didn't do anything with it. Um, but I'm glad to see that it's back out. I'm glad that you you put it back out there for me. Uh, it's a it it was it's always been well received uh, by readers and reviewers. So um, I would describe it myself as see. I'm going to bring Stephen King back into it. I, I would describe it as The Shining meets Ghost hunters. Yeah, in a lot of ways, because a lot of the focus in the book are they're actual ghost hunters. That, yeah, that there's go a, yeah, and, it's not a ghost hunting team. Yeah, that. Um, and actually, I was really into watching ghost hunters and paranormal um, investigators and all those shows uh, through that time, and that's one of the things that gave me the idea. Um, of putting them in there, and they were really hot for a while. I guess they still are. Um, so, you know, there's all these the, – there's a ghost hunting team with all their ghost hunting gadgets and cameras and uh, – Different personalities and some of them are skeptics and Yeah, you know, all that stuff that they use to, um, to try to prove that there's uh, paranormal activity. Uh, unfortunately, this ghost hunting team, like a lot of the ones you see on TV, have never really for sure come across uh, true paranormal activity. Uh, you know how you watch Ghost Hunters or some of the other ones, and, you know, uh, there's always that question of, well, maybe there was. Uh, they have, you know, a spike in the electromagnetic field, and they have 
maybe an EVP boy, you know, EVP that recorded that they can't really tell what they were saying, or there was some kind of light in the camera that looked like it was ghostly, or a ghostly figure in that, um, and that's what that's where this team's at, and for the first time, they really come face to face with the supernatural and an evil supernatural. And so it's yeah, kind of air uh, action. Apparently very well. evil. Apparently, yeah, well, you know, it's an, Fright House is an insane asylum, a one-time insane asylum turned Halloween attraction. And as a, this insane asylum, um, if I'm remembering correctly, was probably was built back in like the 19, uh, early 19, 1920s or 1940s, something like that. So it has a long history of um, abusiveness towards patients because back then uh, there were no federal or state uh, watchdogs that made sure that these private insane asylums, you know, uh, were actually taking care of their patients. And so this particular one, this this particular one did a lot of experimentation uh, on their patients. And so a lot of people died and they were buried in unmarked graves behind the insane asylum in a graveyard. Um, So there's a lot of, unrest and um, and ghosts who have who are well unrest who are not at rest because of that kind of thing um, you know it's the whole thing where they say that you know someone who dies a violent death um, leaves a part of themselves there forever it's that kind of thing and so you wow. multiply that you multiply that by probably hundreds and you've got a pretty um, pretty unstable and evil place. When, when and, and you, you know, were talking uh, about that, folks, Chris, uh, people, I that are, people that are listening, uh, it, it's not your average, like, um, uh, people go into a haunted place that uh, are used to it and want to find out if ghosts are real in there. It's... Um, uh, uh, Fred Weehy has a knack for being original um, with all of his stuff. I, I told Fred, too, uh, after I read this um, when I was publishing it, that uh, I think this might be my favorite book of his, um, just because of the characters um, and uh, what they go through. And they do go through a lot of horrible things as you go through the book. It's, it's like a wild ride. I mean, yeah. um, if if I were a New York publisher and had his books all over the world, there would be a great attraction at some amusement park with a roller coaster that would be called Fred Wee's Fright House. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the thing about Fright House that I really love is that um, – like you said, there are a lot of great characters, and um, I, I believe that I created characters with some depth. Um, I think the ghost hunting team has a lot of chemistry between their characters, and there's there's a lot of humor in the book as well. Um, Yay! And they and they face 
they face the evils of Fright House with humor um, as they're going through it as well. Um, and then you add Penny, who is the key to everything. A young lady who, a 17-year-old girl who um, ran away from foster care, uh, was out on her own and basically created a new identity for herself and got this job at Fright House um, as, as a manager, uh, you know, faked her resume. The, the guy really didn't check any of her background information. Um, and Fright House was really the last place she should have been because she is clairvoyant, clairaudient, um, and she basically, and that's why I liken it a little bit to Shining because like Danny in The Shining, she turns everything on by her being there. Oh, wow. the, ghosts, the ghosts were dormant until she arrived on the scene, and she basically turned everything on. She was the key. And now Fright House and the ghosts want her to stay there. And oh, wow. the only way to keep her there is to kill her and have her become part of them. Okay. You know, okay. that reminds I... me a little bit about, I just finished, uh, I saw it for the second time last night, um, uh, Crimson Peak, um, which uh, had a lot to do with uh, with ghosts, like being a part of some, uh, a building or a, you know, um, I don't know why that reminds me. That's just, uh, uh, just saw that. That's well, very you know, interesting. There's... Let's face it, there's every story, every story in the world has been told. The, the challenge for writers is to take those stories and make them better. Uh, put their, yeah, put their own twist and their own take um, on those stories. Let's face it, there's been a lot of haunted house stories, a lot of ghost stories, uh, a lot of horror stories. And what you have to do is find a way to tell the story in a new original way and put your own twist on it. Yeah, and, and think, Fred, uh, what, what I've always told people to, what I've always told writers was, it's really all a matter of finding your own voice. And like yeah. I, I said about, like, I don't know, 20 minutes ago, about your own voice, that's what makes Fright House unique and your work uh, specifically is because it's it's Fred Weehy saying it. It's not anybody else, and you can tell in the writing. You can tell. You, a good writer, usually you can, um, if, if you read, um, like uh, if you're familiar with at least one book of theirs, and then you continue on, you see a pattern, you see a writing style, you see the voice, and then after like a couple of books or two or three, especially if they're really good, uh, a reader, and people aren't stupid, especially readers, um, will be able to tell that voice and say, this is a Fred Weehy book, or this is a Fred Weehy story. Because right. look, at, look at the patterns, look at the, the voice, look at what he, the, you know, everybody has their own voice like that, and right. you certainly do. And hopefully that voice, if, if people have started reading some of my earlier work and followed me through the later work, hopefully that voice has grown and matured as well and that you can see that growth, hopefully, uh, in that maturity. 
Um, Indeed, yeah. I, I, as your publisher for for these books, um, I, I I see that too. That's I, yes. I've kind of about around about a year ago. I I started maybe longer than that. Um, after publishing, like people like Tom Sawyer and and uh, other authors that have been around um, as long as you're one of my original authors, like with uh, Holiday Madness, too. Right. I, that was I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, and I notice a pattern, and I know, especially with Jason Gaylord, I notice a maturity that grows throughout. You know, each each new book and new short story, new work, um, and, and I've noticed that with you too. I do say again, though, that I love Fright. There's something raw about Fright House that you did. I love all of your stuff, and. Uh, I, uh, um, uh, but uh, that that really kind of got me probably along the lines of like Chuck Chapman's book Freak on a Moped. It's not contemporary. It's kind of all that it, it's a little dated, and I like that too. So I mean, uh, it's vintage. Well, yeah, yeah, you could call it that. Well, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I'd like to think that maybe Fright House is timeless. Um, even though maybe I think some probably of the, so. the you know the ghost hunting uh, stuff might not be quite as timeless because they're always making strides in the kind of things they're using for ghost hunting. But um, you know, other but the story itself, I believe, is is timeless. Um, I don't think it. I think it will date very well. I don't think it. it so this was written originally back. In, um, well, I originally started this this novel before I had the uh, accident with the horse um, that uh, threw me, and I was uh, basically had about two years of recovery. Um, and then I finished it, so it stopped. I was almost I was like three quarters of the way through, and then I couldn't write for a long period of time. And then I finished it and went back and rewrote it. And, you know, you, you're always rewriting and going from the beginning. But um, so it, it, I think, I believe it was published in 2015 or 16. And I don't think it's, even though it's 2021, I don't think there's anything about it that's dated. Nice. Yeah, no, it, not, not necessarily, like no. I mean, you could tell. There's some parts of it because I mean time goes on. For instance, like people use um, people used to text each other, and now it's like you know, it's cell phones and technology advances. And as we tell stories, they do eventually get dated. You could tell if this was ten years ago because right. of how you describe people using things. But still, I mean something like. Like Fright House and and your other and every all of our stuff, you know. I mean, it's it's forgivable that it's it. As a matter of fact, I'm a big fan of dated stuff because it 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 takes me away from the right now and puts me back into yesteryear, even to some extent. Uh, I mean, as far away as Bram Stoker <laughs> um, back in those days. So, um, um, but. Uh, uh, I was going to ask you something that wasn't Fright House related. 
Um, what was it now? Well, let, let me ask him something real quick. Uh, one thing I really liked about it, and Nick, he got the graphics from it. Your son actually made the cover. Oh, yeah. He did, yeah. yeah, he did the front back spine of that cover. Uh, it's the third one he's done for us, and I th- it's his best one yet. Uh, he just keeps getting better and better. I love that cover. It, I, so I, I, I agree. I agree, Fred. Fact, he does uh, getting better and better. I walked up there, and Nick said, holy crap, this cover is amazing. And he showed it to me, and I was like, holy crap, that cover is amazing. Right. Yes, it's the only it's the, it's the only cover that Nick didn't ask for any changes. <laughs> uh, well, like yeah, that. yeah, because at, right. at first this, I mean, like, especially around, you, uh, didn't, you, you didn't come back with, well, could we have this or change this? It was like he he got it perfect. Um, yeah, the yeah, only he, problems yeah. I've had with the, the other, the last two, were just the words in the back cover. They didn't seem to stand out. They were kind of hard to read. Um, you know, stuff like that. But um, but then again, though, you got uh, collected nightmares, and it would still, when I look at it on my computer screen, still looks a little bit hard to read, but you have actual copies. <laughs> and uh, so you're evidently completely yeah, like, Alaric. The back covers, though, you don't really get on um on the internet and stuff, it's the it's all really about the front cover when you talk about sticking it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Smashwords or anything like that. But um, the actual book itself, it, there's you can read the back covers just fine. I think it's just the internet or the um, the JPEG a little bit. That's what I'm worried about with yours too. You know, you're unique with uh, the rest of my authors because um, I, I've had. On occasion, over the years, and this is granted since like 2009, probably three times where uh, an author eventually just doesn't like uh, the cover and this and that and stuff. And I used to like stamp my foot <laughs> and and say, you, you know what? I'm I'm your publisher. I'm the one that's publishing you. And uh, and any problems I have with the cover, it's at my discretion and all that stuff, but you're the only one that uh, that I've had, well, I, I do have, like, just, I work with everyone. I mean, if they really want something, you figure it out, And but, um, uh, but uh, it's almost kind of like, okay, Fred, whatever you want. <laughs> that that, well, that yeah, is actually yeah. true. <laughs> I, it's I, like, I gotta well, tell okay, you. whatever Fred, I might have a problem with it at first, but whatever Fred wants, because I love my relationship with you. We've done book signings together, and all, you know, oh, the yeah. whole nine yards and things and, and stuff. And I, 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 I believe it work. I wouldn't publish you, or I would try to publish you, and I, I don't know. But, um, I mean... I, you, I mean, uh, uh, consistently, Jonathan Mayberry loves your stuff. You have a lot of of, of uh, accolades and a lot of things, and, and above all that too, you actually put in an effort, a great effort, into promoting your stuff. When Alaric Monster Hunter, the hardcover that first came out, when uh, you were all over the place 
with that book signings. I, I was. With, uh, I did a. I did an extensive, a California book tour anyway. Um, yes, yeah. yes, you did. So I, I watched that, and uh, you know, it's. Um, I, um, I love all of my authors. Some authors do more than others. The ones that are successful actually do things instead of just, you know, wait for something to happen. Right. You physically go out, you promote yourself, you believe in yourself, you do everything that an author is supposed to do. It's not it just doesn't depend on who publishes you. That's my part, but if you believe in yourself, you would be all gung ho. And that I mean I I've been through it all. <laughs> I've been through uh, that. Yeah, it's one of those it's one of those things that writers have to come to terms with. You know, your first book, you think, all I have to do is write it. And then the hard part is getting it published. And then once you get it published, you just sit back and the book sells. Well, you learn really quickly that that's not the case. That does not happen. You, it, it, yeah, you have, it, to, yeah. you have to promote yourself. You have to be your biggest fan and promote yourself and get out there and uh, – it. And if you're shy or reserved, you got to get over that. Uh, I learned a long time ago that you got to hit the conventions. You've got to do you've got to do the convention panels and uh, and have a table. And um, I've even done special classes. Like there was a when Fright House first came out, um, I did this class for um, a professor at San Francisco State. He had a class called Writers on Writers, and he invited me to the class. Um, and about two or three weeks before I was going to be there, his students went out and bought copies of the book and were supposed nice. to read it. Um, and then I came in and talked about the book, and we had a discussion about it. You've got to do that kind of stuff, or you're never going to get anywhere. Um, so you got to get over you got to get over – I know you know, public speaking is like the number one uh, fear, even before death. Death is number two. Public speaking is number one. Um, it is. And you've got to get over that. You've got to uh, get out there and talk about yourself, talk about your book, and self-promote. Or you're never – and do book signings and conventions and conferences, or you're never going to sell anything. Now, COVID has put a big kink into some of that. Um, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if we're ever going, I did, I did, uh, Sinister Creature Con back in the summer or I guess it was more like early, late yeah, summer, early fall or whatever, year. September, September or something last like that. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, so. Uh, there's another so, one coming up too. I'm thinking about doing that. Uh, I know yeah. Raina... Is gonna I know Rain is there already. I'm hoping to go back. And we have Baycon that's coming up in the summer. Nick, um, Nick you're going to have to take the needle chill. Uh, yeah, sooner or later. I'm not an anti-vax person. I don't want to get into any of that. Yeah, I'm just saying. Got, hey, uh, let me just, I, I'm just let me a just homebody. Say I don't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah. You just have to. And I'm perfectly healthy. I, I just... Code. I mean, Eric COVID, but anyway, that's all other kind of worms. We uh, are not, not against it. I mean, uh, um, 
and Francie no, I'm just has. saying that COVID's making it more difficult to get there's because there's a lot of conventions and conferences that you know are are canceled or are still not coming back or uh, uh, bookstores are having less and less book signings. You're wearing masks. Um, yeah, it's a it little is. harder like to get out there and do that kind of promotion these days. Yeah, um, it's very hard. I, I and yeah. I've, I, as a publisher, I've known that too because. You know, like I said, when you you got to get out, you got to you get out and promote and stuff. I I have a good amount of authors that that do that, including you. But uh, the last couple of years, it's like, okay. Uh, right. Well, um, I, did no, I did nothing in 2020. Uh, it does, no, I, that's hmm. not true. I think I, uh, the Collected Nightmares came out in 2019, and I still had a couple of things that I did in early 2020. But once COVID hit. That was the end of it. It just yeah. stopped. Uh, there was yeah, nowhere, yeah. People, there was nowhere even, to go uh, or promote. Right, with uh, me and and uh, the Days of the Dead uh, uh, that I have with Joe Mo, the anthologies uh, uh, connected to those that convention that travels the country. Uh, that kind of like, uh, that stopped. All kinds of things like just stopped. I, I couldn't like try to encourage authors anymore to for a while there to uh, make right. public appearances which is like part of the stuff like i said um uh, but uh, it, now it's probably getting a little bit better i don't know uh, it's coming back uh, it's coming back little by little uh, little by little uh so so what what you have to do as an author is promote more online uh, you've got to be you've got to be on social media. You have to um, uh, you have to promote yourself on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I, I don't do Twitter, but I'm thinking about it. Um, uh, even I'm on LinkedIn, um, things like that. I, in fact, uh, there should be a few reviews coming out in the next week or so for Fright House. Um, I've got some people on uh, that are that are reviewers that post on Instagram, Facebook, Amazon, uh, Goodreads. Once they do your review, they post it out everywhere on these social media sites. Um, uh, so I should I should have three or four coming out in the next couple weeks, but maybe even by the end of this week. Uh, that's the kind of stuff you got to get going. You've got to contact reviewers and um, and give them books and or whether it's a Kindle book or whatever. Um, a couple of them, I think I bought the Kindle book for them. I send them the money for the Kindle book, and a couple I sent the PDF version, uh, the published PDF version. Every now and then they want a hard copy, but you got to do that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. You can't you wait for uh, reviewers Fred. to just pick up your book. You have to contact reviewers and, you know, and promote yourself and say, you know, I've got this book. And then if it sounds interesting to them, they go, okay, yeah, I'd like to review that one. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, Fred, um, uh, 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 Francis Show just doesn't like promote just Black Betsy books, you know. And you're not just I was published hearing by that, me. Yeah. What do you have? What's this trilogy? I I understand you came out with another book, 
and it's part the first part of a trilogy. Talk about that. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. So, Bloodshot is the name of the three book series, um, and book one is called Bloodthirsty. Book two, which will be out in February. So book one is out now. It dropped on December 1st, um, Bloodthirsty. It's only out on Kindle right now. It should be in paperback in a week or two. Um, and then uh, uh, Bloodlust will be out in uh, February and then Bloodbath in April. Uh, but basically it's a science you, you go by the titles and you think, oh, God, that's definitely horror, but it's not really. It's science fiction. It's science ah. fiction mixed with horror. I was going to say urban. So, urban. Never no, it's, it's basically sci it's, it's really sci-fi mixed with, mixed with horror. So it's about multiverses. Um, it's, it's about um, a, a world-renowned physicist who um, – discovers a way to he creates a device and discovers a way to open portals to other to parallel universes and he kills his girlfriend he's basically an, a mad scientist kind of genius kind of guy so he he's he builds this thing um, and he's paranoid and he thinks everybody's out to steal his uh, his creation or his um, his device and take credit for it, and he ends up killing his girlfriend over his paranoia because he believes that she's working for um, some kind of government agency who wants to get control of his device. And he what? feels like she, uh, she stabbed him in the back, and so it, it even it, – it, what it does is it just makes him want to travel to universes even more. So what he does is he uses this device to travel from universe to universe, killing her over and over again because killing her just once wasn't enough. Wow. And so, ah. he, so he opens the – so he ends up in, in San Francisco. So it, it takes place in San Francisco. Uh, so the book opens up with him coming through a portal and murdering her before she ever gets the – on the night that she was supposed to – meet him for the first time, his duplicate. Um, but he murders her beforehand. And then he ends up murdering his duplicate to take his place in this universe because he can't take the device with him. So what he does is when he opens a portal, he, he hooks up a, a C4 to it um, to make it explode after he goes through the portal. And it so no one else can... Uh, can get the device and recreate it. So he's destroying the device as he goes through the portal and goes through another universe. So he takes over his duplicate's identity, who works, who works as a physicist professor at um, UC Berkeley, um, and basically takes over his life and takes over his life savings and whatever other uh, money he can get from that to create another device but it's never enough money, so uh, he hired, in his original universe, he hired this down-and-out chemist to create a psychotropic drug, a new psychotropic drug, um, to sell, to fund his 
because the device costs a lot of money to create each time over and over again to help fund the project every time he has to create the device over and over again. And, this, and they created it so that the psychotropic drug basically um, kills the person who takes it eventually, but it, it works through their neurotransmitters in their brain and causes this euphoric, um, hallucinatory uh, kind of personality in them where they become homicidal uh, and basically cannibals, driven by lust for blood and human flesh. Uh, that, that sounds so like hor- something that would be... It, yeah, that sounds like something that would be a great like cinematic-type trilogy. It was oh, I believe, I believe so. Yeah, and then, but then there's also so there's also the detectives who are on the case, um, and how it evolves, and how they come to um, to figure out the whole multiverse thing. Um, and of course, you know, if if somebody came to you and said, "Oh, he came from a, no, a parallel universe and killed this." killed this girl, and he goes to parallel universes over and over again and keeps killing her, you would think they were crazy. Uh, so it takes a lot for them to go. It, the first two books especially are them coming to terms with the evidence um, and their suspect um, and finally coming to believe that he, he is – a universe-hopping madman who travels from one universe to the other, killing his girlfriend over and over again, and bringing Bloodshot with him to fund it. A universe-hopping madman. Hey, say, Fred, much of your work takes place in the Bay Area. It does, Um, yeah. Is there, like, um, um, a universal theme in all of your work where... I guess, like in, like say, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the DC, you know, whatever on on TV or screen, um, uh, do they all take place in the everything that you do? Does it all take place in the same like world? Uh, I would say, uh, well, maybe except for Alaric Monster Hunter, yes. Um, I think, it, but Alaric Monster Hunter is in San Francisco, just in... Yes, that's the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah like, like I I always thought of saying. it as an alternative San Francisco, though, where, ah. you know, where monsters, vampires, and zombies and that are, um, are seen as real, that... Mm-hmm. People believe in vampires and werewolves and monsters, so it's a different kind of of universe a little bit. Uh, but it, you could you could probably take all so all my stories. I would say that like my first story, well, actually my first novel, Starkville, actually took place partly in San Jose and San Francisco, and partly in the Motherlode country, um, up around. Um, Sutter Creek and Jacksonville, um, and then another one takes place in Half Moon Bay. Another one takes place in. Um, well, I've got a couple that take place in San Francisco and/or San Jose, um, or even farther south. So basically, 
you could take all my books and thread them into a universe and have them meet like the Avengers. Uh, yeah, that's what it's getting at. Characters. Yeah. I mean, look at that would Steve be neat if, it, if you, uh, in the future, kind of probably meshed a few of them together. You could, yeah, you could mesh a couple together, uh, where you could take some heroes or or some villains from uh, some books and mesh it into and mesh it into one. That is a possibility. I mean, you write where you where you feel comfortable. Like Stephen King, almost all his novels takes place in Maine. Uh, because yeah, it's where he, uh, he it's where he lives. It's where he's familiar yeah. with. Uh, it's easy to bring it to life, um, and that's kind of what I do. I mean, I've lived in the Bay Area since 1979. Um, I've lived in San Francisco. I've lived in Oakland. I've lived in South San Francisco. Um, I, I've lived in San Jose for a long time. My my uh, wife's family lives in Sacramento, so the area is very familiar to me. Um, so you've so always little, been in Northern California. Where were you uh, born? I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh. Uh, I, the first 24 years of my life were in Ohio. I went to the University of Cincinnati. Um, oh. My last, I graduated from the University of Cincinnati in 1978. Um, and that was the last winter I spent. I spent in Cincinnati. That was the. They still talk about that winter. That's the seven, the the winter of the great 1978 blizzard, where uh, the Ohio River froze, and I actually walked across the Ohio River from Cincinnati to Covington, Kentucky. It was completely oh, frozen. Wow. Think how cold it has to be to to freeze a river like the Ohio River. Wow. And that's when I said, you know, California sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in uh, in late '78 and early '79, I uh, I hitchhiked from uh, Cincinnati to San Francisco. Yeah, I, I lived in Middletown, Ohio. Oh yeah, I'm familiar with Middletown. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's cold. It's cold, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, very it's, it's cold. cold and it's small and it's like, did I yeah. just pass Middletown? <laughs> the last winter I was in Cincinnati, I had my, we had this, like I said, they call it the blizzard of 1978. My car <laughs> was parked outside my parents' house um, and it's it, this blizzard like hit overnight and the next morning, the snow plows came through and basically buried my car. Oh, you couldn't wow. See it. And I, wow. that car stayed underneath snow until around late March, early April. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, snow's so beautiful. And I, I, I spent a winter in Middletown, Ohio. My mom was actually born in Cincinnati. <laughs> Only one? <laughs> Lake, 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 Cincinnati, Ohio, and then we moved up to Michigan for the next winter. And oh, then we went back really to South cold. Carolina, and everybody in South Carolina is like, it's going to snow, it's going to snow. And I'm like, screw you. You have no idea how horrible. Yeah. Now, Michigan, you're on, were, you any, were you near the lake in Michigan? 
because the lake is we really were, cold. We, that, another small town, Davidson, Michigan, which was right outside of Detroit. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's cold. Yeah, we were right there. And yeah. I, I'm 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 from South Carolina, you know. Yeah, we it people you say, Hey, it snowed and they're like, Oh, I must have slept through that because I don't miss the snow. If you want the snow you can go always go up to Lake Tahoe or someplace and get snow. Um but I don't I, love I don't I, want Yeah. It's I love only the pretty when it falls. It's only pretty when it falls. After that, it turns into, like, black slush and yellow because the dogs love it, and they pee all over it, and, you know, you're building a snowman that's going to be yellow in a couple hours. That's true. Yep. And you can't feel your feet, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so so I I came out here, got how many years? It's 1979, so... Um, I've been out here a long time. I love the Bay Area. Um, I think it's the perfect place to set um, uh, horror novels, sci-fi novels, supernatural fantasy type things. Um, it, for, there's something I, I think that's magical about the Bay Area. Um, so I you know, very easily can picture these stories taking place here. There, yeah, well, you know, uh, horror is pretty much where you're at, but uh, I've been in California my entire life. As a matter of fact, I've been in California for so long that whenever I take an airplane and go to places like Canada or New York or the East Coast or yeah, to meet Francie, uh, <laughs> I, every time I'd come back, I'd get like a, a horrible sickness. Uh, he did. I, it he reminds does. me of how Woody Allen never would leave New York. <laughs> it's like I, I don't want to leave California ever again. I don't know why, health it's, reasons. It's, but it's true. He always gets sick whenever he leaves California. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I come back, I I get like I, I, I it's like terrible for a while. I don't know. Yeah. In fact, <clears throat> this was funny. Um, when and Nick came back from South Carolina, he got really sick, and his mom said that I had some kind of disease. <laughs> it was bloody. Yeah, you and I had a sore like, on on no. my uh, lip, something, and she was saying, "Oh, that's herpes. You got herpes." It's like no, and then I, I've never had anything like that since. But every time I travel. And he gets sick. I, I always like uh, get really like uh, sick, and uh, I don't know. So that's one of the reasons why I just stay here. Just stay yeah, here, I think, hardly I go think anywhere. California is like this little bubble, and if you travel out of it, you're going to get sick. Not California, our house. <laughs> no, well, I used to be well, so social. I used to go everywhere. I, I, I'm in, you know. I've got a legacy of like uh, of uh, promoting my own stuff um, across across the universe. I haven't been outside of North America though. Uh, but, well, I do it across um, multiverses. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really do want to like go see the sites. Uh, one of my favorite things to do, especially while I'm 
working on the computer is to put on 4K stuff on YouTube of um, other countries, like especially the the walk-arounds, where where they have a camera for like three hours and they walk through Athens or they walk through South Africa, and I go, oh, yeah, I wish I was there, but I'm here. <laughs> you know, I, uh, but uh, there's no I, telling what you I, would bring I, home in Athens. I don't I, know, but I'm perfect. We, we are happy. about to run out of time. Not uh, and I don't want Block Talk Radio to cut us off. Uh, Fred, one thing I will say to you is that you do actually have a really good fan here in Antelope other than Nick and I. She uh, met you that? on that Halloween when you were uh, doing book signings, and she still asks about you. Jennifer Pecking, do you oh, remember her? Yeah, I, I remember Jennifer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's, she, you gave her one of your books, and she was like, message me, we, we became friends on Facebook because of you. <laughs> I think it was the Collected Nightmares. Yeah, yeah, uh, she's, yeah, she's, she's a big fan of yours. Um, she had a couple of health issues in the past, but she's over it now. And with uh, Corona and everything, and I told her, and <clears throat> we missed you this Halloween because you were supposed to be here. Well, but yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to like say for the record, yeah, I understand. Though uh, we we had a great, great like uh, wow, like, <laughs> but. Um, I mean, just like uh, when you were here that year, it was like uh, as many people. Um, but I mean, this this year, of course, uh, with uh, Corona and all kinds of stuff, finances and things, well, we couldn't entirely do that. Uh, that, yeah. oh, that when you were here uh, with Ian and Raina was here, that was just super. But yeah, um, next year, perhaps, uh, well, we just keep getting better and better. As, as long as I live in Francie and we have this house, we're going to keep doing Halloween and make it bigger and better. It's not just the Halloween thing. It's what we're about, too. I mean, um, the Halloween stuff that I brought in, we just got finished. Uh, I'm not even... I got a couple of more things to bring in, but uh, we're pretty much done bringing things in from Halloween um, as of <laughs> two days ago. And, because uh, we're, uh, we're not in the San Francisco area. We're in the Antelope, Sacramento yeah. area, and it's been, the weather has been hell here. Oh, well, it has been, but that was a yeah. great Halloween and um, if you read uh, what that I wrote around about Halloween, after Halloween, about what I went through with uh, giving away books and things, it's like um, uh, horror books should be synonymous with Halloween. Uh, horror authors, enthusiasts, anybody, they should not yeah. just give away candy. They should give away 
literature. Yeah, Halloween and literature. It, it it was great, and that was the uh, first that time so cool. I People ever heard like because I was, oh, we were out of candy, and I was telling the kids that were coming up. I said, uh, "We're we're out of candy," and Gillette. I mean, Raina, John. Uh, he was running to Walmart to go get candy. I said, we'll have candy in five minutes. And the kids were like, screw oh, the candy. Year. We want yeah. the book. We want the book. Well, yeah, they want books. They That's wanted the book. They, they, they come over they, here, they not just we for candy. Books but and... Well, it's nice to it's know like that really young freaky, people but still read. the nature of the beast. We had a, yeah, we had a, when, I remember when I was there, we had a lot of great uh a great trick-or-treaters coming in and getting books and um, very enthusiastic about reading the books. So it, that is really nice. It, I mean, a book lasts forever. Candy you eat and it's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, um, you know, just the fact that you give away books is a big credit to you because um, that's, that's not cheap to do. Um, and it's a big thing, and, and I know that people that come there enjoy it and appreciate it. Uh, the thing uh, yeah, is, yeah, I thought when I was there how much they uh, appreciate when, when it. When we were here, uh, um, I mean, that's something that I always wish to do uh, is just to be able to afford, like, I remember you ran out, I, brand, I brought out another box, <laughs> for you to like sign and yeah. stuff, it was all on me, and we I don't went, yeah, want we it. Yeah, went through two boxes of books. Yeah, yeah I, I don't I, want it. I gotta tell you, on, a lot on, of, on, a lot on, of uh, the that kids. was just my box. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Raina ran out too. Yeah. But yeah, Fred, the thing is, is that all those kids remembered, and they came back this year, and they're like, book. You were yeah, a they, part they of were that. asking about you, you, you and asking about Ryan stuff. But you know, the Corona had a lot to do with it too. But at the same yeah, time, so did no, Priya Finan. What I was saying is that Fred, you made a great impact on the children here in Antelope because yeah, they wanted books and <laughs> they wanted your book. Well, I appreciate that, and hopefully, you know, COVID eases up as we get through the year, and uh, next Halloween can be a little different. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, the whole COVID and thing's changed, changed everything. If, so hopefully if we'll get something that happens and you can't get here next year, give out a few books here and there uh, uh, on your own doorstep. Because I I think that's what people should do, not just candy. Let's change this Halloween thingy into not just a sugar fix, but something a little bit more along the lines of Christmas. But, you know, these books are like uh, $4 $4 each. Every once or for each family that comes over, just drop a book with the candy you know, it's it's it it's a literacy thing. It's a promo, promotional thing. It's a yeah. um, I mean, they they get something that oh my gosh, what's this? It, it's a book. 
I mean, it's not like a Christmas toy. Um, It's something that they can, like, put on their shelves and get around to reading at some point, but keep, you know. And even if they eventually end up at the Goodwill Goodwill stores, it'll still be something there for people to come across. I mean, physical books are forever until like a thousand years from now and they turn to dust. But right now, you know, it went, I, and I've uh, kind of uh, taught myself this or taught, uh, life taught me this about particularly my Halloween 4 novel is that, um, you know, that's, people put that, stuff on their shelves and they keep them they buy them they don't buy them to just read and then throw away they buy them to keep on their shelves and then they come back to them physical books are very important more than ebooks ebooks are just you know brr. um it, it, that's not a word i know but <laughs> at the same time though i mean um, they become fans. I remember when I was a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s and developed my collection of books. They were physical books. And every time I would, uh, I would read one, I would love it or not, and, uh, but I would put it back, and then I would go back to it. I would, like, sometimes at 2 o'clock in the morning wake up and kind of look at all the books I got. And remember this one. Oh, yeah, I read that. I like that one. And, uh, you know, there's something to be said about physical books. We um, still have a house full of books. <laughs> we basically yeah. turned our our um, dining room in the front room into a library. So we have bookshelves on all four walls filled with books. And now there's so many books that we can't fit them into the, into the uh, shelves anymore. So we've got we've got bookshelves upstairs in the hallway. We've got books just stacked up. Um, yeah, we have we we have a hard time getting rid of books. I have books that date back to when I was in college. Yeah, um, me too. And, and uh, yeah, living I, in San Francisco and stuff, I just yeah. There's some books that I'll just never get rid of. Yeah, yeah, me I, too. I will try to quote uh, Nick's meme today. Books. That's what I read is books with a glass of wine. And I know stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't just Yeah, that was on the Black That Cheat Books group page. <laughs> Sometimes I think and that. And that, that, that's really great that, uh, Fred, uh, every, every couple of days or so you post something on that thing and that's fantastic. Yeah, I try to post every week, at least a couple times a week, in Instagram and Facebook, and um, um, and even and like I said, even on LinkedIn and Goodreads and stuff like that. So, um, and, and I'm even uh, thinking, I'm, I'm even going to break down. I'm thinking important. of going Twitter. Oh well, yeah, I've, I've been on Twitter for a while, but. I don't actually I literally post on it. I just uh, link it up to Facebook. Uh, I, I think uh, your uh, Books by Fred Wheaty page on Facebook is probably the best besides your website um, presence on online, I think. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, I do get a lot of um, of uh, people interested in on Instagram as well. Um, and oh, I do have TikTok too that I do use here and there a little bit. Can you explain TikTok? Um, because I downloaded TikTok, and if I want to make a video. Like I was going to make a video of my Hermie, which, by the way, he's giving me the half-evil look of a lizard because the light's still on, and I'm in my office, and he's in my office, and he's really ticked off right now. You should see him. He's, he's really mad at me right now because the lights are on because it gets dark at 5 p.m. now. How I I don't understand TikTok. If I how do you record on TikTok? Uh, well, there's all there's different ways that you can do it. You can just record something on your phone, and then upload it to TikTok. Uh, uh-huh. You can you can download some uh, some video apps where you can. Um, Use your phone to record different sections and then put them together on uh, the video app and make a movie out of it. Uh, like there's iMovies, and um, I use this one called. Hold on, I got my phone here. What what's it called? Um, video Shop. Um, I even got one that's for green screens. Only I haven't bought a green screen yet. Um, and you can, and then you just upload them to TikTok. Nick, he's not 66 years old, because my phone is like older than him right now. <laughs> well, it can't be, or it would be a rotary phone if it was older than me. I think my uh, cell phone is a rotary phone right now. I have, like, I have tried to stay up with uh, today's technology. That's for sure. As much as possible, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I think I, even I have, we I have a video. TNT commercial tonight, and they said thousand dollars off of your first phone. And we're like, what? What? I think we paid twenty dollars for ours. So no TikTok on our phones. Uh, well, I don't know. You, I don't know if your phone is capable of downloading the. TikTok oh, Francie, you app, could probably uh, get TikTok. I could probably get TikTok on my phone. The yeah, thing is, there's almost many. But I have to watch I, I the videos. Spend, I could spend all of my time not publishing books, and I could go on no, Instagram, I, I get, TikTok, LinkedIn. All this okay, can spend no my TikTok. entire day. <laughs> no, I'm saying no. I, I got I well, downloaded the TikTok app, but yeah. when I wanted to record a video, I was watching live videos, and I'm like, what's going on here? Well, they do have live. Okay, so I don't know about the live stuff. I haven't done a live. Uh, there is a there is a part of TikTok where you can do a live video, um, and have your your um, your followers watch you live and stuff. I haven't really wanted to get into that, um, but uploading a, a video that you that you videoed on your phone or put together on one of those video apps is fairly easy. Just want to make sure. Well, TikTok used to be one-minute videos. Now they accept up to three-minute videos if you have the right account. 
if you have a business account. Oh, like you can YouTube. Do, you can do three-minute videos. Otherwise, you got to keep them a minute or under. Wow. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where people go on and they want to see a quick video from people. Um, the one that I did for Fright House that I put out on Facebook and Instagram, that was originally a TikTok. Um, I made that with iMovie. Um, oh, nice. So, I mean, you know, all that stuff is how you promote yourself these days. It's changed a lot from when I first got published when all this stuff didn't exist and you had to physically get out there. You can you can do good promotion and never leave your home uh, wow. these days. It, oh, it is possible. Nick is right about you can get so involved with the social. I mean, I've got Instagram, I've got Facebook, I've got TikTok, I've got LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I don't even you know, know how to use you can get Instagram. In, you can get too involved in it. You got to make sure that you're, you know, like like Nick said, he could just be on that all day and never publish anything. Well, same with me. I could be on that all day and never write. Uh, you just got to make sure yeah. you're you're not on there all day. Uh, yeah. TikTok can get kind of mesmerizing. I, I was uh, I was um, uh, promoting the show tonight, and on the episode, there's this new icon. It's a T. I, I was thinking that was Twitter, but no, there's a little bird. That's Twitter. I I don't even remember my Twitter, so I just post on Facebook because that's. Oh man! Well, you I should am probably old. do you, you should probably do Instagram too. Maybe you can the connect. key is TikTok. Uh, probably it is. Uh, wow. I mean, Instagram you can connect. Actually, you can connect all of them together. Like TikTok, once you upload a video to TikTok, it gives you the option to upload it to Instagram, to Facebook, um, and to other places. So. They're all kind of connected these days. Um, yeah, TikTok looks like a T that looks almost like a musical note. It's black and white, the icon. Yeah, this is black and white, and it just showed up. I don't yeah, even remember not. my Twitter password. And I'm like, oh. Come on, you old folks. I, I never worry day. about Twitter because... Everything that I post on Facebook on the Black Bedsheet Books main page goes to Twitter automatically. On the other hand, though, I got to check my Twitter for like uh, replies and, and things, and I I just don't have time. I have an Instagram account, um, but I never look at that. LinkedIn, uh, I get like um, friend requests. Uh, alignable is a big one where I've wanted a word. Like? I've got on alignable and and um, a lot of authors and and local people and stuff have like given me kudos on alignable. But uh, one person posted it's funny the other day. I, I got an email saying uh, uh, on their group page one person posted a question for everybody. Has every has anybody ever made a red cent off of Alignable? <laughs> it's like uh, I don't want to answer, but no. But I did get like you know kudos. You exploit them just like um, what's going on right now. Um, uh, oh, there's a 
of the uh, predators and editors. Uh, that's been going on for like 30 years, 20 years, or something, yeah. award for like best novel, best thing, best publisher. And I've won about five of them. I've been in like the top five. But um, uh, I, and I'm going to make a post this week, probably tomorrow, about it. Please vote for me on the. Uh, but that doesn't make any money either. It's just a kudo. And you well, you're, you're promoting. Okay, I'm going to tell you uh, something that you told me years ago. Um, huh? You know, uh, you're. It's not about. It's back in 2008 or nine, and you know, you're saying that it's not about one book. It's about you know your. It's about promoting you and your work as a whole. Wow. Um, and your and your basically your brand. So everything that you're doing on social media, you you can't you can't always put it back to a dollar made, but you're building a brand and marketing your your brand yourself. Um, so you got to kind of look at it that way, um, and and hopefully well, yeah, maybe yeah exactly it is audience. about building a brand. It is about right. putting yourself out there, whether or not you make any money off of these. Well, sometimes May it could be money off award. of it and not Nick, even he's, know. He's, he's telling you. You gave yeah, him good but advice. It's, it's putting your, yourself out there. Uh, Black Benchy yeah. Books, for instance, being another top five on predators and editors. That that does work because people do pay attention. They might forget, but year after year they won't. Uh, or maybe. I, but the thing <laughs> is, I yeah. I've been building that brand, doing such, and that's right. what every author has to do uh, also. That is, that's exactly what you have to do. Actually, I just uh, there's a, just going to tell you, there's a new horror social media, kind of like Facebook and Instagram, called Slasher. So I downloaded the app for Slasher, and I'm starting to get on that. It's for... Uh, it's for people who want to promote themselves and for people who love horror and want to know more about horror movies or horror books or whatever. So you're, you're, at, you're basically putting yourself out there to a horror community. Instead of on Instagram and Facebook, you've got a lot of people that don't like horror. You're hoping to hit the right person in horror. So Slasher is all about horror. Nobody would be on it unless they were into horror. Um, so I'm just getting involved um, you know, in that. You know what? Um, that I I haven't heard of that until that reminds me that struck a bell because I just published um, uh, the Ragman, uh, uh, written by Terry Horns, based on a book of mine, and he messaged me earlier today, I think, or last yesterday, uh, that he. Um, promoted it on Slasher, yeah. and I saw his uh, message, and I think I gave him a thumbs up, but I wasn't sure what that was. So that's what it was. It's, that's what it's it a is. Basically, it, yeah, it's basically a social media site just for horror fans and huh. people who want to promote their horror stuff on a site that is is geared towards people who love horror. Uh, because on other sites, you're just taking a chance that somebody might come across it that likes horror. But on this site, everybody who's on it likes horror. 
Um, so I'm just getting started on Slasher, actually. Uh, I haven't really gotten very far, but, um, uh, but basically it looks just like you're scrolling through, just like with Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff where you can, people uh, have posts uh, and pictures. You, put, you, you can put up a, uh, your own profile, like Facebook right. or something. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, you build a you build a profile and you and you build friends or connections, however you want to say it. Um, and you have your feed and your news, your feed and stuff, and you post and uh, you know there's the like button and the share button and all that kind of stuff, just like Facebook and Instagram. Um, only it's all about horror. Okay. Might want to check. You might want to check it out. Oh, I will. I I certainly will. I, I was going to say you'll be there. Will. You'll be there all day tomorrow. Okay, uh, <laughs> Black Talk Radio is about to cut us off. Fred Weehy, okay. you are you. one of the most coolest people in the world. And something I wanted to say. Remember, you walked up in the uh, driveway, and I was changing the batteries out of that poor Grim Reaper. And you grabbed my foot, and I didn't know you were there. And you grabbed my foot, and you're like, hey. Yeah. That was awesome. Somebody. You scared the crap out of me. Uh, you can't miss those opportunities. Uh, yeah. And I I mean, know. You, another thing, Fred, is uh, Raina says she might come back for another episode of a movie massacre with the haunted goings on in this house, and you there's water from each other. I think it would be really cool if you joined her if that happens. Come oh, over I'd here and to. you can be a part of the whole thing. Oh, I'd love to. Ah, so that 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 cool. would be great. Yeah. So just let me. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah, she's she's great, and so are you. So I think yeah, that I would be like really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll hit her I always up. I try with to that. be at different places that she's at. We go to we've been at different conferences and conventions and stuff together at the same time. Um, so yeah, I'd love to do something like that. But before before Blog Talk Radio cuts us off, I just want to say to everybody out there who's listening. Um, you know, uh, you can go to fredweehe.com uh, to learn more about my books. You, if you're on Facebook, you can go to um, Books by Fred Weehy page. I'm on Instagram too, TikTok. Um, find out about, you know, uh, all of my books. And hopefully I can scare the crap out of all of you as well. <laughs> you did with me. <laughs> I'm changing the batteries in the re- uh, I'm glad I, 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 I I'm that. glad you did that because I was gonna say, Fred, if we were to Google you, where would we find you? Oh, everywhere. <laughs> if you Google me you'll find me all over the place. Uh <laughs> yeah. Little pieces of me everywhere. There'll be Fred Weehy all over your bedroom just, walls. Yep, just make sure you spell it correctly. W I E H E. Yeah. Even if you spelled it wrong, it probably would take you to I before no. did I spell it wrong? Please tell me I did not spell that wrong. I before E. No, you spelled it correctly. Oh my gosh, I cannot tell you and I even asked Nick. 
it says, Nick is an I before E except after C. Actually, well, with names, uh, I'm used with to names, it by I now. I don't think it counts, but yeah, you got the I before the E. You are correct. Oh, I did yeah, notice in the tag, though. On I occasion, did. I had to like reference it just to make sure, but that's few and far between. Uh, I mean, I'm used to it by now, so I mean, uh, and of course, Fred is. <laughs> you know, you know what's sad is that uh, when I do this show on Sunday, I'm not going to say, "Hey, we got for week." That's why, because you it, your, your your last name is so awesome, like Fred Weehee. Yeah, I oh, think well. I know where his name comes from, too. I think it's from, like, a um, handful of hundreds of years ago when people started really trying to uh, ride horses, and they'd go, Weehee, and ne- never mind, never mind. Uh, yeah, you think it's a great name, but it was not a great name to grow up with. Oh, Fred, my last name was Weatherman. I was even in college, and my professors were like, so how's the weather out there? And Uh, I just had to look at them, and they're like, yeah, I bet you didn't hear that one before. Yeah, well, I've heard. Think of all the things that rhyme with we, he, and then you'll know all the things I've been called over the Oh, that's just not easy. That's just one of them. There's like, it can go on forever. We, he, PT. So we don't want to get into that because blog talk radio is going to cut off. Okay, okay, okay. You know I'm going to be thinking about that tonight. All right, here we go. Okay. You've probably All right, put thank it you in for one having of your me on. I appreciate it. Like some kind of a something reference. Hello again. Hey, everyone's playing together right now. <laughs> Look, there <laughs> they are. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Whoa, 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 stop, stop, Luno, we can't play if you bite Fufa, we don't ever want to bite our friends, don't, don't, don't bite your friends, don't, don't, don't bite your friends, we don't bite our friends, uh-uh, we don't pull their hair, uh-uh, friends are our friends, so we treat them with care. So don't, don't, don't bite your friends. Don't, don't, don't bite your friends. We don't want to hurt. Uh-uh. We don't want to bite. Uh-uh. We don't want to fight. No way. Because that's not right. No way. So don't, don't, don't bite your friends. Don't, don't, don't bite your friends. Don't. Yes, yes, yes. Bite, bite, bite. No, no, no. 
you're okay. All right, let's play. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Nickerdoodle. Nickerdoodle. Good night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.